the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad to be with you on this Thursday. Reminder, head over to Twitter and follow me at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. At Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. Would love to hear from you. And any tweets that I get, any questions that I get, I will read on this podcast. This is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country. And it's a big week. For Oklahoma State, obviously, with the early signing period getting underway yesterday, Oklahoma State uh, got many of its commits locked up. Oklahoma State currently, uh, according to 247 Sports, 19 commits uh, ranked 40th in the country, the 40th ranked recruiting class. Now, uh, I've got a lot of Mike Gundy audio that I want to get to today. He had his signing day press conference yesterday, and, and I've got a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff from Mike Gundy that I want to hear from. So I think tomorrow I'm probably going to dive in more on on my thoughts on recruiting rankings. But uh, I think one thing that's important to remember whenever you look at recruiting rankings, one, wait until the classes are finished. And two, it, it, it weighs much more heavily if you have more recruits, more commits. For example, Maryland has the 27th ranked recruiting class in the country currently on 247 Sports. So they're ranked 27th. Oklahoma State's ranked 40th. Oklahoma State... Oklahoma State's average player ranking coming in, 85.83. Maryland's, 85.59. So Oklahoma State actually has a higher average player ranking than Maryland does, but Maryland has 27 commits. Oklahoma State has 19 commits. So that makes a big difference. And then you have a school like TCU. TCU ranks two spots lower than Maryland, and their overall player ranking is 88.59, exactly three points higher, but they only have 15 commits, so they're 12 spots lower than Maryland. By the way, Maryland swooped in and got Isaiah Jacobs yesterday right from underneath Oklahoma State, but it was a good day for the Cowboys. They did land Mason Cobb, uh, and that's where we'll get started with Mike Gundy. He's asked how big of a get was Mason Cobb right at the end. He was obviously a late commit, and here's what Mike Gundy had to say about the three-star linebacker out of Utah. Well, first off, with uh, um, Mason, uh, he's, uh, he's 225 pounds. Uh, he's a tough guy, comes from a great family, um, grew up with a bunch of brothers um, in the same house, and um, we're hoping that um, – that his nature and demeanor, he's a little bit of a throwback. Um, his, uh, his toughness, uh, his willingness to strike people. Uh, and I think he's very committed to himself and to the organization that he'll be involved in. So we're really excited about, uh, about him being a part. Another late commit, a late offer and a late commit. Mike Gundy was asked about Rashad Owens, the athlete out of Texas, three-star athlete, late bloomer, multi-sport athlete. Mike Gundy did say that they are set with Rashad Owens being a wide receiver. Uh, he will not be a, a running back. He will be a wide receiver. And here's what Mike Gundy had to say about getting Rashad Owens right at the end of the class as well. Um, you know, and with Rashad, he's a, uh, he's a football player. He's a, uh, a basketball player, and he's a triple jump. And um, that's, that's been a good combination for us in the past. 
not as heavily recruited, but um, we've liked him for a while. And um, the more you watch him as he finishes up, you like his demeanor, way he handles himself. He's uh, been a quality person, um, and he does a lot of things that we like um, athletically. So we're excited about both those guys jumping on board. Obviously, we all know that recruits have the option to enroll early. They do not have to wait until next summer to join the program. Uh, depending on the young man, if they're ready, they can enroll um, in the spring. Basically, they can enroll in classes and start taking classes in January, the spring semester, get in under Rob Glass, start to uh, get in the film room and learn about the offense, the defense, the playbooks. Now, it's not for everybody, but as Mike Gundy says here, you like to leave that up to the individual uh, kid. And before we get to Mike Gundy, uh, expected to have five players from the class of 2020 enroll early in the spring semester. One of those, the biggest recruit in the class, Shane Illingworth, the quarterback, uh, cowboy back, tight end receiver type guy, Quentin Stewart expected to enroll early as well, uh, Tyron Irby, the defensive end, and then 2-0 lineman Monroe Mills, pardon me, Monroe Mills and Eli Russ expected to enroll early. So here's what Mike Gundy had to say uh, about the idea of young men enrolling early and uh, getting in under Coach Rob Glass. You know, I've always said it depends on the young man. Some young men are ready to do that, and uh, some aren't. doesn't mean one way or the other. Is there an advantage? Sure there is. They get here, they start training with Coach Glass, they learn the system, they adapt to the college life. We all know how that is. Strategically, it's an advantage if the young man's ready for it. Um, some young men are ready to get out of high school. They're ready to go out there in the world. The others are not so ready. So we've always said, if they ask us, we've always said, if you're ready and this is what you want to do, sure. If you're not, don't push yourself. But it is an advantage for them. There's no question about that. Just because time June rolls around, they know the system. And they've been training for five months with Coach Glass. I think that's well said from Mike Gundy. I don't think you can expect every kid to enroll early because I don't think every kid is probably ready to enroll early. I think some are and some aren't, uh, and you have to give them the freedom to make the decision that's best for them. But certainly an extra five months under Coach Rob Glass gives you a better chance to see the field as a freshman. So uh, it, it a lot of it just depends on – what each individual kid wants. You know, do you want to come in and play as a true freshman? Because if you don't enroll early, your chances of playing as a true freshman probably go down. If you think you're probably a redshirt guy anyway, do you want to spend your last semester in high school? Uh, and, and by the way, as you can tell, with five of the 19 enrolling early, most kids want to spend their last semester in high school. It, it's tough to bounce a semester early and go to college just because you're a star athlete. So uh, that's what most kids elect to do. But it's certainly an advantage for those who are able to get on campus a little bit early. Why don't we take a break, come back. Uh, and on the other side, we're going to talk about some of the assistants. Sean Gleason, Charlie Dickey. We'll talk about uh, Mike Gundy having more signees from the state of Oklahoma than he has from the state of Texas currently for the first time and uh, why I think that is. Uh, and then we'll also hear Mike Gundy's thoughts on on the biggest recruit in this class, Shane Illingworth. That's all coming up right here on Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked on Pokes. Glad everyone's with me on this beautiful Thursday here in the state 
of Oklahoma. Uh, no midweek basketball game this week, so talking a lot about the early signing period getting underway yesterday. Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State uh, getting 19 commits locked up to start the early signing period, which obviously still leaves some room in February for the next National Signing Day. We'll see how that plays itself out for Oklahoma State. want to remind everyone, you know, I do some last-minute shopping every now and then. I'm not the best at uh, getting on top of it. If you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to Breaking Tea, just the letter T, BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn. Breaking Tea makes sports T-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn, and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. All right, we are listening to Mike Gundy's signing day press conference from yesterday, some of the highlights, hearing what he had to say about the class and the bowl game. We'll talk about the bowl game in the third segment coming up. But this was Sean Gleason's first recruiting cycle as the coordinator at Oklahoma State. And remember, Sean Gleason came from Princeton, Ivy League school, no sports scholarships, no football scholarships. So this was Sean Gleason's first time recruiting with scholarships. Mike Gundy was asked how he thought Sean Gleason did in his first recruiting cycle. Uh, and I left a question in here in the middle because I thought it was relevant to the answer. So here's what Mike Gundy had to say about Sean Gleason's first cycle recruiting with Oklahoma State. We did a good job picking up Shane. You know, he stayed on him. He was with us a long time. Uh, and that's really what, that's what his limitations were. You know, he's scanning now for the next years. Um, you know, Sean is a smart guy. Um, could have been more difficult to recruit without him than with him. Uh, you know, he, he signed the young man out of California that had several offers that went to Princeton. Had some pretty good Power 5 offers, I think, a year or two ago. I can't remember. So probably more of an advantage for him to go this way. It's a little bit more difficult uh, when you're recruit. I would think, when you're recruiting without him unless you just are in a family that says, I want an Ivy League education and I don't care what else is out there. So he's doing fine. Bring a guy up like that, like he did with uh, Mike Harrison. How do you kind of judge their recruiting ability? You mentioned being able to bring a guy to like Princeton. Like that. Truthfully, um, two years later, depending on how the players develop, and that is a difficult process. I couldn't tell you how many times we've sat in recruiting meetings and looked at players that are playing for us now that have been really successful in those meetings on the same young men two years ago, we were deciding whether we thought they were good enough and they end up being a starter early in their career. And then you bring in guys that may have a lot of stars, I guess is how we rate them. And then they come in and they're nowhere near being ready and they end up not being good enough based on their demeanor, how they adjust to college, how important it is to them. Um, it's hard. So a couple years later, you get an idea of kind of how they do. Um, but, you know, with Sean, with uh, Mike, uh, the, the reason they're here is because they're tireless workers. They're dedicated. Um, they get it. They understand. So if they have that part, then the rest of it, they just got to go out and try to do the best job they can of evaluating a young man, not only athletically, but whether he can maintain and do a good job while he's here in school. Not only is Sean Gleason making his first trip around with Oklahoma State, so is Charlie Dickey. 
And the importance of position coaches in recruiting, as Mike Gundy will allude to here, seems like it's only getting greater uh, as we get into the modern era of college football. And position coaches have such an impact on the guys who come through. And Oklahoma State did a good job this year. I I know a lot of people are probably going to complain about the overall recruiting ranking, but in the offensive line, it certainly seems like there is some promise there. So Mike Gundy was asked, how impactful has Charlie Dickey been in recruiting since joining Oklahoma State staff? The, the one side of recruiting that's changed considerably the last four, five, six years is the play, I'm going I'm to say 75% of the, the young men go to schools based on their, their position coach now. Years ago, we used to recruit geographically. Now, um, with technology, it's easier to recruit position-wise. So the position coaches do a good job of building relationships with the players. And uh, in most cases, they'll make a decision based on the position coach um, because that's who they spend the most time with during their career. Now, we have an advantage with Rob Glass and strength and conditioning because they all know that they get him 11 months out of the year. That's huge for us. There are no limitations to, to a certain extent on what he can do. And then it's the position coach who's next. And so um, Coach Dickey has a uh, tremendous reputation. Um, He's very down to earth. What you see is what you get. He's honest. And he's had a a history of taking uh, really good care of the players he's coached both on and off the field during his career. And that pays dividends for you in recruiting. One can make an argument that if the offensive line continues to improve as much over Charlie Dickey's tenure in Oklahoma State uh, as it has early in his time in Stillwater, that it could be one of the best hires Mike Gundy has made in a long time. So we'll see what Charlie Dickey is able to do with some of the guys that he has coming in in this 2020 class. This 2020 class currently has more Oklahoma signees than it does Texas signees. Mike Gundy was asked if he recalls ever having a time uh, where he had more kids from the state of Oklahoma than he has from the state of Texas in a class. Here's what he had to say. I think this is the first time. Uh, we, we had uh, discussions in recruiting meetings um, the last few years, and I've said that in here on media days, that we feel like the level of football in Oklahoma has gotten better and better and better. And you go back and do a study. We went back and did a study on the players that we brought in from the state of Oklahoma compared to other states. You really have to look at Texas one way, Oklahoma one way, and then the rest of them. And per capita, if you, do, if you build the formula that way, we've had a higher rate of success with Oklahoma kids than we have any other state, just based on total numbers. Now, the larger number is going to come from Texas because we keep about 70 guys on our team from the state of Texas. So um, we've looked really, really hard at players from the state of Oklahoma. I think sometimes we can look at a young man that may be 20 miles down the road and think that he might not be good enough to play here. We need to go somewhere else and get somebody. When if you go back and do your research and study, we found that the guys that have been close to home have done very well here for a variety of reasons, which either way, it doesn't matter. You just need him to be successful here in the classroom and on the football field. So we've um, extended ourselves a little bit more in the state of Oklahoma for those reasons. I, for one, think it's pretty obvious why Oklahoma State has more Oklahoma signees than Texas signees for the first time since Mike Gundy's been the head coach in Stillwater. It's because he spent a lot of time around Oklahoma high school football the last couple of years. There's a lot of good 
good high school football in this state. A lot of good talent at the high school football level. And Mike Gundy, through watching Gunner Gundy, through being at camps in the summer with his son, has just seen probably a lot more Oklahoma high school football, a lot more players than he's seen in the past. And, you know, some of his assistants um, have kids the same age, the high school age. That stuff matters. Whenever you're out seeing that stuff day in and day out, constantly involved in Oklahoma high school football, I think it would be hard to say that that doesn't matter whenever it comes to uh, to having so many of those kids in this class more so than usual. And a lot of them, uh, you know, are supposed to be really talented. I cannot wait to see what Brennan Presley turns into in a couple of years. Same thing with Eli Russ and a number of the other Oklahoma signees as well. Not an Oklahoma signee, but a highly rated one is Shane Illingworth. Uh, I left a question in the middle of Mike Gundy's answer here because uh, it kind of added some context to what he was saying. Mike Gundy was asked about the four-star quarterback commit from the state of California. Well, he's a big-armed, raw athlete that uh, his best years are ahead of him. So he's got size. He's got strength. Uh, I was out there to see him a few weeks ago, and he's actually um, he's thinned up a little bit. He's lost about 12 pounds. He's coming in, you know, next week or two weeks from now, whenever we start uh, the next semester. And he's all football. That's what he does. I mean, he's been doing that for years and years. And uh, so uh, I think that when you bring guys in that are all football and they're serious about it at that position, it's a, it's a good sign. Highly touted guy. Do you expect him to be able to compete at all? Do you expect him to be able to play a role next year? I don't have any idea. It's, it's almost impossible for me to give you that information. I wish I could. Good stuff there from Mike Gundy. That wraps up everything we're going to hear from him today about the recruiting class. But on the other side of the break, they did talk a little bit about the bowl game yesterday. Chuba Hubbard playing. Justin Matabuke not playing for Texas A&M. Mike Gundy had a funny comment about that. So we'll hear his thoughts on the bowl game. Spencer Sanders being back to full speed. All that coming up as we wrap things up on today's Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on another edition of Locked on Pokes. We are a mere eight days away from the Texas Bowl between Oklahoma State and Texas A&M. Two former Big 12 foes. Oklahoma State winning the last four meetings between the Cowboys and the Aggies. Uh, it gets a little confusing whenever Oklahoma State plays Texas A&M. Of course, Oklahoma State used to be Oklahoma A&M, used to be the Aggies. And uh, now it's the Cowboys and the Texas A&M. Aggies, who think very highly of themselves. Uh, we'll get into all that next week as we get closer to the bowl game. Texas A&M's uh, superiority complex, is that, is that the right way to put it? Um, their, their mis-evaluation of themselves. You know, self-awareness is hard. It's even harder in sports, uh, and it's even harder if you're a Texas A&M fan. So that's going to be fun to talk about next week. But why don't we hear a little more from Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy was simply asked, how is bowl prep going, and uh, how nice was it to hear that Chuba Hubbard, or not to hear, how nice was it for Mike Gundy uh, whenever he realized that Chuba Hubbard will play in the bowl game? Here's what Mike Gundy had to say. Well, Chuba's been out there from day one with us. I don't know that uh... – I mean, I guess it's just normal now when you have a player rated that high that nobody's sure if he's going to play in a bowl. Unfortunately, that's probably somewhat justified, but uh, Chuba has been with us every day and, uh, you know, obviously said I'm playing in the bowl. 
um, what he'll do in his NFL future. I don't think anybody knows, including him. Uh, I was glad that he met with the media yesterday and answered those questions, gave people his response. Um, and hopefully people will quit asking him that question because he's not going to make a decision for at least a month. So um, he did the right thing by saying, I'm playing in the bowl. I'm unsure what I'm going to do as far as the NFL. And, and I think that's going to hold up for four or six weeks at least. So um, he got that out of the way. Now he can enjoy being on the team and getting ready for the bowl. And practices have gone good, you know. Um, we got Spencer out there. Uh, you know, he's back to full speed. Uh, Drew Brown's out there. He's full speed. So um, starting to get some guys out there going and getting back to a normal routine. A couple days here, and then we'll give him a break. Then we'll meet up at the bowl. So a couple interesting things there from Mike Gundy. One, you know, he always expected Chuba to play. It's, it's one of those things where when somebody's highly rated, you have to keep an eye out for it. But he's always been with the team, and they expected Chuba to play all along, and he will play. Two, uh, you know, we kind of know that Chuba won't be making his decision in the immediate future. Uh, I'm sure he's going to get asked the question after the bowl game. You know, was this your last game with Oklahoma State? Do you think you'll be back? And he'll just say, I don't know, still taking it day by day. And eventually, I would imagine, in four, six, eight weeks, we'll find out whether Chuba Hubbard will come back to Oklahoma State or head off to the NFL draft. There's so much that goes into that. I'm sure, I'm sure Chuba will want to take his time and make sure that he has all the best draft grades he, he knows exactly what his positioning would be he knows exactly how much he could help himself with another 2,000 yard season uh you, you know the financial differences between if he were to come out now and if he were to come out next year the financial risks if he were to come out now and if he were to come out next year that's not a decision that you want to rush so hopefully Chuba takes his time we can all wait we'll find out when we find out Another thing Mike Gundy said, uh, you heard it there, Spencer Sanders back to full speed. Drew Brown is at full speed. Uh, it's expected that both quarterbacks will play in the bowl game, so that is good news for Oklahoma State uh, that we will get to see Spencer Sanders next week against Texas A&M. Now, speaking of star players sitting out bowl games, Texas A&M has a really highly rated defensive lineman. His name is Justin Matabuke, and Justin Matabuke announced last week that he will be skipping the bowl game. Mike Gundy was asked what he thought about the decision uh, by Justin Matabuke to skip the bowl game and prepare for the NFL draft. I thought that was a good decision on his part. Uh, thought thought he made a really good decision, and and uh, he's going to be a good NFL player. Agree on all counts. I think Justin Matabuke will be a fine NFL player, and I think he made a great decision not to play in the bowl game against Oklahoma State. Uh, you know these things. They don't seem that major, you know, losing one defensive lineman, but when you take a guy that talented out of the middle of the line for Texas A&M, that's going to matter in this game. So Chuba playing and Matabuke not playing, it's kind of a two-player swing, if you will. And I know some people get upset about the sitting out of bowl games and stuff. Uh, look, this is the modern era of college football, and I'm not going to blame a kid if he does not want to put his ACLs on the line in what is essentially an exhibition game whenever he's going to get you know, a, a $5 million signing bonus in five months. I, I can't blame a young man for that. Um, so anyway, but that was some good stuff from Mike Gundy right there. Love the humor at the end when talking about Justin Matabuke skipping the bowl game. That is all for today. Hit me up on Twitter, at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Follow me both of those places as well. Subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you are listening. I'm back tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to talk some more about the overall recruiting rankings, how that stuff gets ranked, and what the difference really is from having the 40th to the 30th 
ranked recruiting class as opposed to the difference between having the 40th and the 5th ranked recruiting class because I think it's important that we contextualize what these recruiting rankings mean. So that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. We'll talk a little Oklahoma State basketball tomorrow as well as the Cowboys get prepared to wrap up the non-conference schedule here in the next couple of weeks. Thanks for being with me once again right here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.